we can all listen to the sunny side of sports. Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of America. Sporty greetings, Voice of America listeners. This is VOA Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the January 10th edition of the Sunny Side of Sports. Coming up on Wednesday show, I'll have a special Africa Cup of Nations football roundtable discussion with VOA colleagues Mike Hove and Kali Abdu. The 34th edition of African football's premier event will kick off on Saturday in Abidjan, Ivory Coast. Also on the program, Craig Gabriel will tell us about the top-seeded players for next week's Australian Open Tennis Tournament. Joining me now here in Studio 22 are my VOA colleagues Mike Hove and Kali Abdu. Sporty AFCON greetings, what's fellas. What's good, Sonny? What's, what's good, what's good? You, brother? Kali, let's talk Beckenbauer before we talk AFCON. World football paying tribute to the German great who died on Sunday at 78 years of age. Stylistically, Kali, what did Beckenbauer mean for world football? I mean, this is a guy who, you know, he started in the midfield and uh, ended up as a defender and being one of the most iconic defenders in the history of the sport. Now, usually when you have a midfielder transition to defense, you know, you get like a ball playing center back. You get mm. a guy who's reading the game really well, and that's what you know you had with Beckenbauer, absolute legend. Your thoughts on Beckenbauer? Yeah, like- Kali hit it right on the head, man. Now uh, Beckenbauer is arguably one of the best uh, when we're talking about defenders of all time. Um, like I was saying to you earlier on, he remind you know his style of play bred bred up to people like Casemiro. Uh, ball-winning midfielders that typically Mm. you could play as a centre-back, but they also know how to move forward. So the beauty of it is if, you know, he's given birth to arguably the style of football that we we have today where players build from the back. You Mm. need a centre-back that can go forward, back, forward, back, and Beckenbauer was perfect for that. Kali, I know uh, the strikers tend to get a lot of the attention, uh, especially at big tournaments, but... Let's focus on the defenders now that we're going to be seeing in Ivory Coast. Uh, Who are some of the top AFCON defenders, in your opinion? Yeah, you know, we have uh, some some big hitters. Obviously, uh, Koulibaly is the most... Recognized. Uh, yeah, recognized uh, defender, or you know, he's the high, highest, uh, highly rated defender c- compared to the others. He, he, he. Uh, I think he's. Um, he's he's rated eighty something. You know, mm-hmm. uh, but anyway, he plays in uh, in Saudi, and even though he's he's not playing in the top European leagues, he's still the best uh, defender that, that we have. Um, also, you have uh, defenders like uh, like Hakimi. Who, even though he's he's like a, we we consider him like an attacking uh, defender, but all the same, you know, he, he's he's an amazing defender. Uh, I'm also going to point out, uh, you know, Serge Aurier. He also plays similarly to Hakimi okay. for the Ivory Coast. Um, and um, there's a defender for Nigeria who plays for Fulham, Basi. Mm-hmm. He's also very strong. And then lastly, uh, Indica uh, playing for. Uh, A.S. Roma in mm-hmm. Italy. He started a little raw, but you have a, a coach like Mourinho 
you're going to become a very strong defender. Nice. And in, in a few months, <laughs> he's really improved massively. So he's one to watch out for as well. Mike, uh, Kali mentioned Hakimi. How, how would you rate his current form ahead of the nation? I mean, Cup? Ashraf Hakimi has been on point for a very, very long time. Um, from World Cup, if we're going to date that back, uh, Ashraf Hakimi has been the right back. Uh, as Kali pointed out, the beauty of having a right back uh, like Ashraf Hakimi is he doesn't necessarily play as a right back. He knows how to push forward. So he plays more as a wing back, um, which is beautiful. It dates back to, like we talked about, uh, Franz Beckenbauer, of having a defender who knows how to move forward and back, forward and back. It allows the team to build transition all the way from the goalkeeper all the way to, all the, way to the strikers. You need a Ashraf Hakimi. You need a Franz Beckenbauer. You need a, Kali, a Kulibali. Hmm. Mike, are there any defenders that Kali did not mention that we should look out for? The only Africa? other one that I can think of is Wilfred Zingo, uh, Ivorian right back. Um, he, he's been playing really well. Um, I think he's someone that might stand out. I think he will do something really well for the Ivorians. Kali, uh, let's turn our attention to the groups uh, in Ivory Coast. And uh, I know, like with any big tournament, they always talk about the group of death. (laughs) Of course. What is the group of death? You know, looking at uh, Senegal, they certainly do not have an easy road, Kali, Mm -hmm. to repeating as Nations Cup champions. There are some tough teams in that group. Cameroon, Guinea, Mm -hmm. also Mm -hmm. in Mm -hmm. that group. what what is the toughest group in your opinion? I mean, let me let me just divert a little bit. I'm gonna say honestly, Ivory Coast versus Nigeria is a very highly anticipated game of mine mm. because mm. Nigeria is one of the, the the teams that people are watching in the tournament because of the the, the powerhouses they have. Right, you know, the strikers are some of the best in Europe right now in the world in the world, but. As a team, they seem to be struggling, mm-hmm. right? At the same time, you have Ivory Coast. You know, they have phenomenal players as well. And even though everybody's going to be looking out for the Moroccos and mm-hmm. the Senegals, Ivory Coast are going to have a point to prove. So that right. game is going to be, it's, it's going to feel like a final to me. And they're going to have that 12th man on the field. Absolutely. Also. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Mike, uh, any uh, any thoughts on the toughest groups? It has to. I'll I'll give it that Senegal group. Um, That group is going to be tough. Senegal Cameroon. That's going to be a good match. Um, uh, I would say that is probably going to be the toughest group because it's a toss off. Uh, Obviously, Senegal Cameroon, but also Guinea is not a team to rule out. So I think that group is going to be difficult, and it's going to witness an upset either way. uh, Because just between those three alone. You don't know who's going to go through. Senegal has to go through because they're the, the reigning champions. Right. Cameroon are up there in terms of how many times, uh, uh, you know, I think they've got the second amount of five, Afcon, five, five. Uh, so it's also an expected. But also do not rule out Guinea. Guinea can cause an upset. So it's really going to be intriguing. That's the group that I personally am going to be watching the most. Uh, but obviously, Group A also with Cam- uh, with uh, Ivory Coast and uh, uh, Nigeria. That's also going to be another interesting one because an upset could happen at any time. Yeah. Kali, I talked about that uh, 12th man on the field, and uh, Ivory Coast uh, certainly will get a lot of crowd support. Uh, what about Nigerian fans? Do you see them maybe uh, traveling to Ivory Coast in, yeah. in numbers yeah, to ab- support the Super Eagles? Yeah, absolutely. I think they already have uh, uh, many Nigerians there doing mm-hmm. business and so forth, but the Nigerian supporters group is 
you know, world famous for their enthusiasm and they usually travel. They sent them, the FA sends them, the Nigerian FA sends them in large numbers. Okay. Um, you know, you know, the music and the trumpets and all of that. So they're going to be there for sure, because the Super Eagles are not the Super Eagles without those supporters mm -hmm. out there in the stands. Let's get back to the uh, favorites at this AFCON, Mike. Uh, generally speaking, Morocco and Senegal yes, sir. being talked about a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, what other teams do you see contending for the title? Oh, man, we've got Morocco. We've got the hosts, uh, which I, I think will, might just shock us all. Um, typically, the hosts are never favorites to win. Um, I think out of the AFCON has had 33 competitions, only 11 times that the hosts have won. Wow. Uh, so Ivory Coast are out to make a statement. So uh, I would say we've got Nigeria, the Super Eagles, who are out to make a statement. As Kali highlighted, they've got the best strikers in the world. Mm. Um, Morocco are there to make a statement because they're arguably the strongest team at AFCON right now. Uh, and I'm talking star power, but also they just made the best appearance at the mm. World Cup. Um, Egypt are out to make a statement as well talking about uh, just yesterday we don't know if Mo Salah might have another AFCON left in him mm. and if he does I think this is still a statement AFCON for him same as Sadio Mane with Senegal um, so there's a couple of teams that are out there uh, you know starving for it uh, just today I was reading an article by Sadio Mane and Sadio Mane did highlight that 12 teams out of this AFCON are all definite contenders wow. so to wow. have 12 teams even just at the group stage it's going to be intriguing to see who gets out um but there's a lot of teams out there that you could not rule out at this afcon highly competitive uh what about the minnows the minnows at this tournament I, I was asked about the Taifa stars of Tanzania. And, <laughs> and I, think was, I think it was Mike, Mike that asked me about them, but I, I really don't see them getting out of that group. Sonny, I don't see them winning a game. And no offense to any Tanzanians, but even in their group alone, it's still an interesting one. Uh, their first game is against Morocco. Mm -hmm. They recent In their last uh, matchup, they lost 2-0. Um, it's going to be interesting. I do applaud the fact that they lost 2-0 to a, a, a World Cup squad that, uh, you know, um, Morocco board, um, but I, I just don't see them making out of that group. If they do, that is definitely something to applaud. And I tell you what, if they do make it out of that group, they probably be, will be the dark horse of the tournament. Mm. Kali, what about the Chipola Polo of Zambia? They they mm. lifted the trophy in 2012. Uh, they're also in a tough group, but how do you rate their chances? Yeah, I mean they they have a you know as good a chance as anybody else in football. I always say never underestimate anyone mm -hmm. right as we learn in the world cup with argentina's first game I keep, right. I keep referring <laughs> yeah, back to Saudi. that the Saudis. you know you, you just don't go in there thinking you're going to win because you may be in for a shock you know so i, I give anybody a, a, a chance you know especially you you have a team that uh has a lot of experience in afcon and you know they've kind of been there done that even if they don't have recent successes just you know they have people in their system that have been there and done that so yeah just you never rule out uh, anybody do you see the super eagles kali maybe starting to pick it up a little bit i know they've they've had some injury mm -hmm. issues yeah. uh, heading into this tournament but uh we were kind of joking about victor squared uh victor osiman and, 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 and boniface but yeah. Boniface will not play in Ivory Coast now. Uh, mm. What what do you see him being out doing to the Super Eagles? Yeah, attack? it's 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 already um, it's already shaky. You know, the reports from the team are not that great. You know, there's uh, there seems to be a bit of uh, low confidence because of these injuries. 
I think mentally for players, when you know that there's a potential for you to get injured, it affects your you don't you don't go as hard. Mm. Um, and uh, with the super egos, you know, uh, Nigerian fans are worried about the fact that uh, the team just doesn't seem to have that. You know, they haven't gelled. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it's a coaching system or if it's just you know too many injuries so you you have this stop start stop start you know you're in today and tomorrow you're not in there and players aren't really getting a chance to gel uh but yeah the confidence isn't that great but like we learned from the world cup i keep saying with argentina they started slow but just they just kept picking it up so uh, unfortunately for nigeria they have this game with, with uh ivory coast you know that is going to test them, but uh, if they're able to scale that game, then you know you would say you know potentially it'll do something. But that would be the ultimate test for me. Do you see Ivory Coast maybe looking at that game instead of the curtain raiser on Saturday? Absolutely. Okay, so that's going to be the key game in the yeah. group. Of course, I think that definitely will be the statement game. Um, I, okay. I think whoever wins out of that fixture are going into the next round confident. Um, mm. uh, it, it, whoever, uh, obviously, uh, let's say it is Ivory Coast. I think they definitely will be a lot more confident, considering the fact that already they have the twelfth man, and I think the excitement behind that um, is going to be something that will not be witnessed <laughs> at Afcon. Um, mm. so that 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 game is very pivotal uh, in terms of giving momentum to either uh, Ivory Coast or uh, the Super Eagles. I'm Sonny Young, and you're listening to the sunny side of sports on The Voice of America. I'm talking with VOA colleagues Mike Hove and Kali Abdu about the upcoming uh, Nations Cup to be played in Ivory Coast, the opening match on Saturday between the host team, the Elephants of Ivory Coast, and Guinea-Bissau. And Mike and Kali, they will also be joining yours truly on our Kick It AFCON podcast uh we'll have our first one next week tell our listeners about it mike a little bit ladies and gentlemen kick it afcon will be coming to you effective starting next week uh we're going to have an episode once a week we're going to be joined by several different uh, stars uh, that are playing football on the continent we're also going to be joined by mukbil yabaro uh, who's going to be joining us from ivory coast so we're going to be giving you updates uh talking about the players talking about the con uh, the, the, the the you know the tournament itself and we're going to be unpacking a lot that is afcon related so make sure you join us. Kick it on VOAAfrica.com. Yes, kick it, Mike. And also check out VOAAfrica.com for lots of updates on the upcoming uh, Nations Cup. I, I'm already seeing videos. Of course. And photos. And Fans. Lots of exciting stuff there. That is correct, Sonny. That is absolutely correct. They're going to be making, we're going to make sure that people get updates uh, by the game, uh, you know, making sure that people hear from the fans themselves and uh, ideally from the coaches and from other players who will be commenting on the tournament itself. I'll talk more Africa Cup of Nations football with Mike and Kali. But first, let me serve up some Australian Open tennis news. The world's number one ranked players, Novak Djokovic and Iga Fiantek, are the top seeds for the men and the women at the year's first major tournament. Craig Gabriel reports from Adelaide, Australia. The countdown to the Australian Open is now in full swing. The qualifying events are underway and the seeds have been announced, which follow the world rankings. And there are 32 seeds in the men's and women's singles. 
It's like a different branch of the United Nations. There's 19 different nations and the men's and 17 different nations and the women's are represented with the seedings. And for home nation fans at the Australian Open, there's a men's top 10 seed for the first time in a very, very long time. The last one was probably Leighton Hewitt. This occasion, it's Alex Dimino at number 10, which reflects his ranking of 10. He's the first Australian man to be ranked in the top 10 for over 17 years. The top men are Novak Djokovic, Carlos Alcaraz, Daniil Medvedev, Yannick Sinner, Andrei Rublev, Alexander Zverev, Stefano Tsitsipas, Holger Rune, Herbert Herkatz, and Alex Dimino. The women's are Iga Shriantek, Arina Sabalenka, Elena Rabakina, Coco Goff, Jessica Pagula, Ons Jabeur, Marketa Vondrusheva, Maria Sakari, Barbara Kradzikova, and Beatrice Haddad Maya. To the Adelaide International, the last of the lead-up events to the Open and the American second seed Jessica Bagula came back after losing the first set to beat Bernarda Pera, 4-6-6-2-6-3. All the matches Pagula has played at the start of the new season have been tough. I, I think I'm happy that I've gotten tough matches because it's always hard when you haven't been in those situations and then you throw yourself into a slam in those situations. It's really tough. Um, you know, it's always... You always feel great, and it's easy to win when you're winning on an easy scoreline. So I don't mind the tough matches now. I think that's the whole point of playing these these events is to, to be tested, however it is. Use that going into a slam. I think it's really helpful. In the men's top seat, Tommy Paul moved past local player Alex Bolt and will take on the left-handed Brit Jack Draper. They played in the same round last year, the quarters, and Draper won. Paul is obviously hoping for a table turner. Yeah, I mean, he... He's obviously dealt with a little bit of injuries over over last year, um, but everyone knows the guy can play some serious tennis. Uh, he's a great player, and it's a shame that he, he was out a lot of the year last year, but um, obviously, you know, he, he got the best of me last year, and hopefully I can change that result. Uh, I'm going to go and watch a little bit of film probably tonight and prepare for that match. Draper played in the day's longest match. It took three hours, 39 minutes to get past Miramar Kasmanovic, 5-7-7-6-7-6. Nico Jari from Chile saved match points to beat Matteo Analdi from Italy, 6-7-7-6-6-4. American Sebi Corda beat another Italian, Lorenzo Sonigo. And later on, the fourth seed, Lorenzo Musetti, accounted for Aussie Jordan Thompson, who last week beat Rafa Nadal from three match points down. Thompson was struggling with a leg issue and needed the physio. Craig Gabriel, VOA Sports, Adelaide. Hey folks, I'm Luck Bill Yabaro, and I have some electrifying news for you. AFCON 2023 is here, and I'll be at Ivory Coast covering all things AFCON for VOA Africa. We'll have exciting coverage on radio, TV, and all of our digital platforms. Make sure you check out voaafrica.com for AFCON updates. Stay locked right here on VOA Africa. And stay locked right here on the sunny side of sports. I'm Sonny Young. And let's get back to VOA colleagues Mike Hove and Kali Abdu. For more Africa Cup of Nations insights. Kali, I just heard Muckbill. Uh, I, I like that promo he <laughs> shot. Yeah. And, and I should give our listeners an idea that it, it really was very close to our Voice of America headquarters yeah. right here in Washington. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, as you could tell, uh, 
is quite cold, so I'm sure Mokeville is happy to be in Ivory Coast where it's <laughs> nice and warm. A <laughs> little warmer there, a yeah. little warmer. Yeah. Uh, what about the weather, Mike? Do you think you see that as I, I got to believe that the players will be acclimated once the tournament starts? It helps a lot, uh, but also once again, it goes back to that discussion that we were having yes, uh, just yesterday and the day before when we were at Mokeville, right? The importance of getting there in time. Um, so when you see a Morocco get there a couple of days before the tournament, it's because you need About all these things, right? Before. You need all these things. Your players that are coming from Europe, America, and all these different weather conditions, they need to be acclimated before uh, the tournament kicks off because all these things uh, feed into why you could win or lose, right? If you're a player coming from, let's say, from America or Europe where it's cold right now, right, and right. all of a sudden you're in heat, you might get tired quicker. You might your fitness mm-hmm. all feeds into this. So it's very important, man. And you got to be uh, hydrated also you got to drink all your fluids. of this is very important that acclimation period is very important but that also begs the question why i was having this conversation early on uh, andre onana for example would leave the day before you need to be acclimated you need to be trained you need to be ready so it's really intriguing there are some players who are doing that who are getting there a day or two before the tournament starts there's some teams that are doing that my question is how do you get acclimated to the weather conditions in ivory coast how do you get ready for the stadiums not all stadiums are the same size um, how do you get ready for the environment in Ivory Coast? All that is very important before kickoff. Mike, uh, we mentioned Victor Boniface uh, not being able to play for the Super Eagles at the Nations Cup. Who are some of the other notable omissions oh my from Lord, this big Sonny, tournament? That list is very long. It's actually very intriguing. Uh, we're talking the likes of Hegelbri, uh, who plays for Manchester United. He plays. He's from Tunisia. We've got Mbwemo, uh, who's from Cameroon. We've got Thomas Partey, uh, the Ghanaian legend himself. Uh, we've got Lamptey. Uh, we've got, uh, you mentioned Victor Boniface. We're talking Wilfred Zahar uh, from the uh, hosts themselves. We've got Lyle Foster, Bafana Bafana forward. He would have played a very pivotal role alongside Percy Tau. We've got uh, Wilfred Ndidi, uh, who is uh, from Cameroon. So you've got a couple Nigeria. of players. Oh, Nigeria, sorry. Uh, you've got a couple of players uh, where it's very important that these players would have been there. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how uh, their absence is going to be impacting their squads. Kali, your thoughts on the uh, omissions? Yeah, I was actually told Zaha was just not called up. Just didn't make yeah, the squad. He just didn't make the squad. And it was a big shock uh, in Ivory Coast. That he wasn't called up. Which is interesting because how do you leave out a player like that? Yeah, it's very interesting. But uh, Ghana is the most hit. Ghana Mm -hmm. has at least four players that are missing. Yeah. Uh, You know, interesting. Nigeria is missing two strikers. Now I'm hearing Taiwa Wani won't make it. You might not make it. That is true. And so that's that's a that's a big blow for Nigeria. What about uh, once the tournament starts, they have to have their their rosters pretty much set, right? They can't. Likely, they, they the can't, rosters are set by now. Yeah, I mean they can't be adding players once no. the, once the yeah. once the tournament has started. Yeah. Um, they will not. They won't be adding mm. the squad that you have right now that you've registered by now is the squad that you have. Kali, uh, what about Partey missing from the Black Stars? I know, I know, uh, our man Muckbill, big big Gunners oh, yes. fan, <laughs> and he wanted to see Partey in action. Uh, it doesn't sound like the the, the Black Stars are are really shining at this point. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a big blow for them. He's a very influential mm-hmm. part of their team. You know, in the World Cup, he was one of their key figures in the midfield. Mm-hmm. So he'll be a huge, huge, huge miss for them. Uh, I mean, they're they're really missing some 
some important players. Already there, like a young team. I remember covering the fact that they were one of the youngest teams at the World, Cup. World Cup. Right. So they needed all the experience that they could get. You know, they yeah, they they're really missing uh, some very key players. So I wonder how that will affect them in the tournament. Well. Uh, in terms of AFCON news today, uh, Wednesday, uh, the Confederation of African Football announced uh, what's being described as an extensive global broadcast agreement mm-hmm. uh, with various media houses mm-hmm. all over the world. Uh, but just to put it in perspective, uh, this upcoming Nations Cup will be shown or broadcast in about 180 countries, mm-hmm. uh, which is pretty extensive Mike. Oh, definitely definitely uh, listen sonny the, the 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 beauty of this uh, afcon is the fact that there's been a lot of investment in time energy resources in this afcon and i think this is really beautiful when we're talking about african football and the growth of the sport on the continent this year and the late stages of 2023 have been very mon- monumental when we're talking about progression in african football i think investing more money you just the other day we were talking about the prize money how it's re it's increased dramatically uh now to mention the broadcasting rights all these federations tend to gain a lot uh, in terms of resources that are fed back to the different countries uh in terms of resources that are fed into CAF as an institution i think that is very important because what has been happening over the past couple of years is we're seeing the brain drain impact african football right for example we're talking about the super eagles they don't have time to acclimatize as a as a as a, as a team mm. because a lot of them are running to europe a lot of them are running to the different leagues but now the local league is now witnessing a lot of investment a lot of time a lot of money Going back to the discussion we're having about Bafana Bafana the other day, why I was highlighting that is very impressive to see a local squad be groomed because you need that local investment. It allows you to step up and play better at an international level. Kali, uh, CAF now headed by the billionaire Patrice Motsepe, who has de- poured money into the organization uh, as well as I got to believe he's behind the, the big increase in prize money mm-hmm. that we're seeing at this Nations Cup. But what about in terms of it seemed like African football was also, uh, in the past, I'm saying, had these bonus disputes be, yeah. be, uh, ahead of tournaments. Yeah. Players, uh, you know, uh, saying they might hold not out. Mm-hmm. They yeah. might not play it unless they got a certain amount of money and bonuses. Do you see those bonus disputes being maybe pushed to the side now? Uh, yeah, I, I, I just I hope that Africa can move on from that because it's mm-hmm. a big shame to, this, to the sport. Uh, since I was a kid, it's always been the same problem. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, I remember in 94, USA 94, when the Super Eagles played really well, and then uh, Atlanta 96, uh, they had like uh, great representation. I, re- I read recently that the reason that was was because the dictator, Sani Abacha, was a huge football fan, and he didn't play with that. Wow. So he wanted sure the best only. And so they got the money, they got the staff, mm-hmm. they got everything that they needed to get world-class standards, and you could see how they performed. So I think that it's imperative for African football to wake up and, and just stop the corruption. Mm-hmm. You know, the FAs need to, to wake up and smell the coffee and do what is necessary, not just for the, the stars and that play internationally, but like Mike said, the local league needs mm-hmm. to needs to rise. The reason the Super Eagles did so well in 94, 96 was because the the local talent then mm-hmm. was superior, mm. was really, really high. Mm-hmm. Also, I'll tell you, this is why 
most African countries do so well at the under 17 oh, yes. at those levels mm -hmm. because the local league is very strong mm -hmm. at those levels. You know, those those players are playing to, to become international, so they mm -hmm. give their all. And once they get in to that international level, Different and then, story. you know, when money is, is the objective, then you come home and, you know, they're playing with the money and then, you know, they slack. Mm -hmm. So it's something that needs to be addressed for sure. Well, as uh, my former colleague Shaka Sali used to say, time is not our <laughs> ally. Uh, we are winding down here on the sunny side of sports. I want to thank my colleagues, Kali Abdu and Mike Hovey, for being on this special Nations Cup show. And another reminder, we're going to be back with our Kick It Kick AFCON it podcast. AFCON. Uh, first one is scheduled for next week, a few days after the opening match, mm -hmm. and then a total of five episodes, right, Kyle? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, Looking forward to it. And I think uh, that should be a lot of fun, and I hope you will tune in and watch, too. They will be also on video on our various uh, social media platforms. And that wraps up the January 10th edition of the show. I want to thank our producer this evening, David Vandy. And thanks also to engineer Juma Hamza. Juma, let's bring in that closing theme, bro. Bring it in right now. There we go. Nice. And thank you for tuning in. I'm VOA Sonny Young in Washington. And that's the sunny side of sports. <laughs>